This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. And this morning we are talking with Judge Donna Scott Davenport, the judge in charge of the Rutherford County Juvenile Court System. Good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Great to have you with us on Thank this you. beautiful summer yes. day. Ooh, already a little warm, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I like this much yeah. better than snow, I think. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, tell us, uh, has COVID-19 continued to change things at the juvenile court center it is we we had to implement a lot of new ways to do things and i believe that we're going to take a few of those things and go forward and and use those changes that's going to benefit especially some of our children and uh you know we never really uh closed down because we couldn't uh when the chief justice handed down his first order i believe it was march 13th uh the the courts that had to remain open, but social distance where the general sessions or juvenile courts, because there's only a few of us across the state that are independent juvenile courts, that we still had to stay open for any children, that any child that was arrested and detained, or any child that was taken uh, from the care of their parent and placed either with a third party or DCS custody because all of those uh, people have an absolute right to hearing anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. So we never missed a lick there. And then as our restrictions uh, came a little less, uh, but we're still operating with the distance, and our courtrooms are relatively small. So our hearing room that we use, we cannot use it as we were. Our courtrooms, unless we have uh, a large amount of attorneys, which we do have in, in some of the termination independent neglect cases, then we're, we've been still hitting it and tr- still trying to play catch up. And we're getting close to having a lot more of our delinquent children that miss those um, negotiation days and so we're putting at least 50 or so more every Tuesday and so we're beginning to to get those numbers uh, back in order but we're still uh, I personally am behind because I hear terminations I'm the only one because they would appeal a magistrate and those terminations usually take days if not weeks to try and so we're still behind in those because I was already booked. All of us were pretty much had our calendars full to the end of the year. And so we're still trying to, you know, if we have a, a, a vacancy, the three of us uh, that are full-time, we now have our calendars. And it's a little, I know it's an inconvenience to our attorneys, but we're trying to reach out to them by emails all together and at the next parte about, hey, we're ready to set your case. Can you? And give them some options. And we're doing motions by video. We're doing other things by video. But so we're we still have our three courts going. Now let me ask you: since school has not been operating normally, 
Has that changed the number of cases that you've had? You have a lot of cases from truancy, don't you? Well, we do, and so that has changed. You know, usually we dedicate Tuesday afternoons for any truancies and traffic offenses that are committed in the county because I don't have jurisdiction. I gave jurisdiction to Smyrna Judge Lynn Alexander when she was elected years ago for traffic only, and then Judge Sellers has always had that jurisdiction even before I started. Uh, so those numbers are light because we, we're not having anybody file petitions against our parents or our, our children for not going to school. Okay, so what is the biggest issue that you're seeing at this time coming before you? Well, before me personal, it's those terminations that children are waiting to receive permanency. And it's very important that we try to get those set. And um, I had a case last week. It had seven attorneys. Well, our limit in our courtroom is 10. Well, that's seven attorneys. And then each attorney's going to have a... It was parents, and the children were of the age they could appear, and they wanted to appear. And that threw us over our number. There was no way, way we could even social distance with 20 people. Uh, participants. I'm not talking my staff or the clerks. I'm talking about people that participate. So that that's that's been a drawback. And we have several of our terminations, unfortunately, with parents that are incarcerated in the state system, and they're not transporting. So we can't go forward with those. So we we do have some stumbling blocks with those. Every all the others we're trying to to push forward and get and get done. Now, with the permanency issue, is that going through the foster parents program or involving it, them? It usually is. Most of our terminations are brought by the Department of Children's Services. They have been involved since the beginning of an underlying charge of where there's allegations of the child or children being abused, abandoned, neglected. And it usually that jurisdiction has to start in our juvenile court. And then people have an option. They can terminate in juvenile court or they can bring their petition in circuit or chancery. So usually the state stays in juvenile court because they already have the history there. Uh, a lot of private terminations, they choose to go on to the other, to the state courts, which, which they can do. But uh, these uh, hearings, I akin them to um, a death sentence. Because if we're going to terminate a parent's right forever... So this is forever. Forever. The, these children are then put up for Well, they adoption? have to already be pretty much in a place that's ready to adopt them. That's part of our balancing test is that they're in a home and they're ready to be adopted and they have bonded with that family. And it's always children's best interest, that second part. We have to find a ground first and it's our heaviest burden that we have by clear and convincing evidence and then we also have that same burden is it in their best interest to go ahead and sever those parents rights forever it's emotional it's it's always um difficult those and our transfer hearings uh, are the hardest things that that we do let me ask you do the parents come to these cases always or do they sometimes just not show up sometimes they disappear sometimes they do they have to present themselves at the beginning hopefully uh to see if they qualify for a court-appointed attorney majority of those do then i'm very careful at saying hey you got to show up you got to show up to play 
or the attorney, and these attorneys we appoint, they're there constantly. They know termination law. And sometimes they lose contact. Uh, the attorneys usually want to be relieved. We usually don't do that unless there's some other reason except that I've just lost contact. They still need to be represented the best they can, and we go forward with the hearing without them. And whoever brings the petition is under an obligation to make sure we've got good service, either by personal service or by publication in a local newspaper. And that has to run, and we give them a court date. We had several of those during when COVID first started. It was interesting what we did, Bart. We had out there many, many publication dates where we were going to go forward with the termination. Well, because of our restrictions, termination at the beginning was not within the framework of hearings we could have. So what we did by video is we had our attorneys that were already appointed, probably a guardian ad litem for the children, and it could be one parent or no parent attorneys, but we have them on standby, and then DCS attorney. And we did that by video, and then on the record, in the hearing room, with the recording and our clerk, we, on the record, had our court officers go out and call for the individual, and we'd already advised the court deputies, if they show up, then bring them on in because we tell them to wait. They couldn't come in at that time. And then we're going we're gonna to talk to them and we're going to get them another court date. So we went ahead and did that part because it's very expensive to publish. Plus, we'd already waited 60 days for the publication, for, them, for it to run and for them to answer. And we didn't want to waste any more time. And that really worked well where we did those by video and had that on the record that they did not show up at the date printed in the publication. And then we were able to go forward uh, to set or have it set. And then if they had shown up, we would have seen if they'd qualified for a court-appointed attorney. We probably would have had to have done that by Zoom to begin with. But we would have worked that out. Let me ask you, we have a, a text here from a, a listener who is asking that they say that they are adopting a child through the foster parent program. Uh, and it has taken a couple of years to go through all the process. Is this different from the adoption that you're talking about? Now, that's usually about what it takes to go through from the very beginning of the allegations of dependency and neglect. Then the state is under an obligation to make sure they provide for the children or child as well as help the, the parents. They have to make reasonable efforts to help that parent to overcome whatever brought them into state custody to reunify. That's always number one. And we do have a landmark case that's, um, I think, 95, 94. It passed where children should not, some children were lingering five and six, seven years without anything being done. And now it's mandated that within 18 months, of that, we they need to start, whoever is DCS, needs to start the termination process. So they filed the petition again. we got to get service, uh, and then we got to set it. And it depends on how many days it's going to take for that. So an adoption process to terminate is very time-consuming. And two years is about normal, if not a little longer, to even get to the place. Now you can go to circuit or chancery and set the adoption because we don't have adoption jurisdiction. Okay, so it's different from 
other types of adoption? We don't. We juvenile court doesn't have any authority to oh, do okay. any adoptions. Once we terminate, then they have to file their adoption petition in circuit or chancery. That's why some, especially the private people that are terminating, they'll do both in circuit or chancery. They'll do the termination and the adoption up there. Then they have the history, and they have and they have to still prove in juvenile that they're willing to adopt. They've got the filing, but we have to terminate. Or parents can surrender their rights, and that's very difficult for any parent to do on their own. I would imagine that would yeah, be. We're not going to let them do that unless there's you know a lot of counseling and representation, and them clearly understanding what what they're doing with the. Students, the children, the youth who are at the juvenile detention center right now, are they still continuing uh, classes? Yeah, I I just, uh, that's a great question. We just had one last week that um, he has been with us for quite a while. It was a a serious murder charge. And uh, he got his diploma while he was with us. He was in school. And uh, it wasn't an online school. It was a school. And because we do, we have our education department. And uh, so they still are. We're still, if some of them, if they're doing the uh, GED now called the high set, they can get their uh, uh, degree by that. But we still are trying. Uh, we were working with the schools all the way through. And, and, of course, he didn't get to walk the line, but he did receive his diploma. Well, let me ask you this, not about that particular case, but... Uh, we've talked in the past about how if you are young, your mind has not matured, and you do things sometimes you don't know maybe the difference in right and wrong, or uh, you just do things because you're, you're young. Uh, and, and a serious offense like the one you described, that could change a person's life or that will forever. It affects. Will he ever be able to to lead a normal life? I'm hoping so, that he will um, reach an age that he'll still have family to support him as he gets this behind him in some way, and it 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 does. And in that, you know, anytime we have an alleged murder, it doesn't. It affects so many people. The youth. His life will never, ever be the same. And then the life that was taken in that family, his family, all those affected, it, it's, it's, it affects a lot of people. And I always, uh, one of my sayings, I have a lot, uh, is that I'm going to let you be young and dumb one time, depending on the offense. you know, Because they don't. They act in the moment. They don't think two feet in front of them. And that's just what youth do. Their brain is not developed. And especially if we haven't had that groundwork in our families. You know, I've all, I was always brought up, oh, if there's a split, just a split second that might be wrong, then it's wrong. Don't even go somebody. And, and the crowds and the peer pressure, that's always been there. But the media, the video games, all the Internet, it... Um, is poison, I think, to our youth and a lot of things that uh, that they get entrenched in. Do you see parents being strong enough ever to keep their child away from those things? Or do all of today's youth get poisoned by 
social media, video games, videos? I think it's a mixed bag. I have a lot of wonderful parents, and they are doing A, B, C, X, Y, Z, and the child's free will is his free will or her free will. And then I have some that are working two or three jobs. They have other children. They have younger children, especially during COVID. It's so stressful for everybody that it's just so much coming at them at one time. And I really miss our walk-in Wednesdays because I really think that that was making a difference with some of our youth. You know, you can still call the YSOs, but there's no more walk-in Wednesdays because of COVID. And I do think that that was one thing that uh, our director of our YSOs, Tina, Tina Bigby, started years ago that has really been phenomenal for our children and our parents, just to have somebody to go talk to or take the child. What would be your guidance on bringing Walk-In Wednesday back? What will be the time when you're able to do that? I, I know our buildings have been open for Mayor Ketron since, I think, May 22nd. So our buildings are open, but we're still social distancing. And all of them have their own office, but they got to go through the lobby. It depends how many people we have in the lobby because they could be waiting for any of our three courts. And then they have to go through back to the YSOs. So I don't really know how that would be. And it's not going to be as effective if you do it video. Some of those, you need that one-on-one. You need that eye contact. You need the body language coming from the parent and the child. And your body language from all YSOs, letting them know the seriousness. And also uh, the aid that we can give them. They're still doing it, just not doing it one-on-one. So we really need to get beyond this. And, And time, it's going to take time. Obviously, we've seen if we just jump back this we're seeing the repercussions yeah, of that. It, apparently, you know, that's what we're, has been reported to us. And, and we don't want that, you know, and we don't want to bring anything in even to our lobby. We, we They have to take temperatures. We all, the employees now are taking their own. And then anybody that comes in, our court deputies are doing that. I believe it's our deputies. I, I, I come in the back and stay in the back. I don't know if the sun's shining during the day because uh, I don't have any windows. But. We're doing that and uh, monitoring that and asking the necessary questions and, and that type thing. So it, it has um, been a hiccup not being able to have that one-on-one. We've almost pretty well, uh, and we may end up just eliminating 2020. It may I be know. a year that just didn't happen. You know, I, when I left this morning, I told my husband, I said, oh, my gosh. I said, it's been, what, five months, March, all of April, May, June, and here we are almost to the day, the 13th four months since we got the chief justice's order of our courts and and his instruction on how to do things and do things and the mayor was right there at the same time you know with with the county so um yeah it's like everybody says you know maybe we could wake up i thought once i'm going to show my age in the dallas episode the whole year of dallas bobby woke up and it was a dream the whole season or whatever you're ready to wake I'm up. I'm ready to wake up and that it was a dream the whole whole months that that we're uh missing out and, and being able to do things now there are some states that are having a, a much lower problem of covid nineteen than what we are having uh, are they doing the same things or have some of them gone back to almost normalcy well about three weeks ago we had a webinar uh continuing education 
uh, put on by the court uh, administrative office of the courts, and it was uh, different people, and some were our, our justices from the uh, Supreme Court and other uh, key people throughout the state. And I attended that virtually, and it, it appeared that everybody, pretty much, of course, the state was in the same position. I'm also a member of the National uh, Family Court female judges, and I've done a couple of things through their video and their surveys and the results of those surveys. It seems that everybody is pretty much doing the same thing. And I know that I attended one of the national, and this was a judge either from Seattle or um, California. Oh, gosh, she'd only been on the bench a few weeks when all this hit. So she's just really being baptized by fire. Uh, that they were doing a mock-up of a jury trial by video. Now, I don't know about that. We don't have juries. I, I'm, I'm the judge and the jury. But I don't – I think the consensus of the attorneys in Rutherford County is we don't want to do a jury by video. We need, again, all – the body language and all of that. So I don't know. We haven't heard back from her how that went, but they had just started that uh, a couple of months ago. Judge Donna Scott Davenport from the Rutherford County Juvenile Court Center is with us this morning. We're going to pause, check on the traffic and weather, and we'll be back if you have a question. We can receive it by text or you can call us. And the same numbers for both of those, 615-893-1450. Did you get that? 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. We change it five. It's all sports talk with Marty Hale Jr. and Tim Tackert here on WGNS. We're local. We know sports. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. SRM Concrete. With every new day, every sunrise, we build structures that stand the test of time. And upon their foundations are our homes, where we work, where our kids go to school. And with that comes tremendous pride. We don't just make concrete. We build relationships, trust, confidence. We're SRM Concrete. Build with us. This is Good Neighbor Events with Bart Walker. Brought to you by the law offices of John Day. And This is a paid legal advertisement. I'm attorney John Day. Many lawyers are quick to say that they'll take the insurance company to court for you. But how do you know if the lawyer is an experienced trial attorney? Ask them if they're certified. In order to be certified, you have to have tried a lot of cases, taken a two-day test, and get recommendations from judges and other lawyers. My wife Joy and I are both certified as civil trial specialists, and we're here to help if you've been injured. If you need an injury lawyer, call me at 615-867-9900. Now, WGNS Good Neighbor Events. Farm fresh produce available every Tuesday and Friday mornings over at the Lane Agri-Park. Yes, it's the Rutherford County Farmer's Market. 
The Lane Agri Park is at 315 John R. Rice Boulevard. And as Anthony Tuggle was telling us, every day, Monday through Saturday, you can fish in the pond at the Lane Agri Park. But you do need to have a fishing license. Don't forget that Alive Hospice is having their butterfly release to remember loved ones. That'll be happening at 11 o'clock this Saturday morning over at Alive Hospice. You know, you can learn so much from hearing about local history. Come on over to the old Ransom Schoolhouse. That's the one-room schoolhouse at 717 North Academy Street. And friends from the Rutherford County Historical Society are there every Saturday morning from 9 until noon. They even have a pot of coffee on for you. Again, Ransom School is at 717 North Academy Street. From News Radio WGNS, those are Good Neighbor events. We'll see if you scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with partial sunshine developing a high of 90 degrees and north winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 73. Consumer Warrior Clark Howard, weekdays 11 to 1. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Welcome back. Judge Donna Scott Davenport's with us this morning from the Rutherford County Juvenile Court Center. If you have a question this morning, give us a shout. 615-893-1450. Happy birthday to Nelson Smotherman. Nelson is our Simply Pure Sweets Birthday Club winner today. Nelson Smotherman, happy birthday. And our good neighbor of the day is Rebecca Talley. Rebecca Talley. Very active uh, with the Murfreesboro Noon Exchange Club, a soldier's child, and she's retiring and moving to Michigan. Why would somebody move to Michigan? Well, I think that's where Rebecca's from. Oh, okay. I went and visited with her at distance uh, the other week to tell her goodbye, and she is. She was an advocate for the Exchange Club and so much uh, in our community. She's really been an active hero in our community, and she's going to be missed. Oh, very definitely. Yeah. She's the good neighbor today. Good for her. And receives flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. If you have a question this morning dealing with our juvenile court center, give us a shout, 615-893-1450. When children get in trouble, are they still, uh, obviously you're open for business. We're open. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, are there as many issues now that uh, are children having as many issues as they did prior to COVID-19? I think we're seeing some of the same, but I'm also seeing different because our school is not in, and we have a lot of disorderly conduct. We have some minor assaults, those type things that happen on campuses. Uh, so, we're, of course, we're not having those. And so that's that. But I, it makes up for in the neighborhood assaults, and in the neighborhood we've having which I never used to really see disorderly conducts because it has to be in a public place. and uh, But they're out, they're hanging, you know, because they're, you know, they stir crazy, which is understandable. And uh, so we have some of um, some disruptions in the community that equal the disorderly conduct charges. And so we're still having a some um, across the board, but it's a little different. What should parents be doing 
to be better parents. I, I know that a lot of parents, but you see it differently from the bench. A lot of parents are stressed. They have uh, two or three jobs. Uh, some maybe are full-time parents, but the end product is still the same. What can what can they be doing? I think 20-something years on the bench, I still see we don't know who our children's friends are, number one. We don't know where they are. We don't. Well, when I'd go to spend the night with somebody, you had to call on the landline, and you knew they were there, and you talked to the parents to confirm what was going on. And with the texting and the phones, you, unless you got a tracker on them, you don't know if they where they say they are. And that's what I hear a lot of times. Where I thought he was at this place, and he I didn't know this person. And uh, then they, they snuck out and got in trouble, you know, because that's just what some children do is they, you know, they're going to test those waters. That's one thing is try to, to communicate. And we also, right before COVID hit, probably January or so, we started offering another service on Wednesdays. One o'clock on Wednesdays, if we have anybody detained, of course, that's a hearing that we have to have. But if you had been charged and not detained, you come that week on a Wednesday to uh, for the court to advise you of your charges and all of your rights. And some offenses qualify for mediation. And a lot of that is your simple assaults, your conflict within the family. And those seem to be working well uh, if they show up. Again, we've got to show up to play. So we're having a, and we're still doing that to some extent, but we're not, we're doing it by video. And again, a lot of that gets lost, but at least we're doing it the best that we can with offering still that service to sit down. Let's talk about what our issues are, um, what triggers you, what triggers the parent, and try to acknowledge that. Because, of course, we're not having our parenting classes either. So uh, so we're still trying to do that by mediation. Now, are the parenting classes you mentioned uh, about the walk-in Wednesday was more beneficial if you had visual contacts? Is that the same with parenting classes? Yeah, mostly we ordered the parenting classes, so they didn't have a choice. Ah, okay. <laughs> and, and the child and the parent had to go, a majority. Sometimes they'd come in on referral, and the YSOs would uh, get them into the parenting class. Or they would just call and say, we want to do it. We have a few of, the, few of those. And, of course, we're not having that right now either. So we're. It's, it's just sad that we can't have what we need one-on-one, but we can't. And we have got to adapt other ways to try to address any of the issues and the conflict that's going home. So you're trying to do what you used to, but your hands are tied behind your back. A little bit, because we can't do the one-on-one. And uh, it's we need each other. I think this is proven. You know, we need to see each other. We need to tell each other how we feel. We miss those. I personally miss the hugs. I, I, I miss seeing and giving that excitement when I'm proud of one of the children that has done well or a parent that's done well. Um, that That's missing as far as the arena of juvenile court. And we're still just trying to do it the best we can. You brought up something right then. May not have realized you brought it up, but you, you brought up a question that I've been wondering about you missing the hugs. Yeah. That's one thing that shows a sign of love, affection, I trust you. 
But also another part of that is the shaking of hands, the looking eye to eye. Yeah. And, and and we've worked hard on, on have a good firm handshake. Look at somebody in Look the eye. Look them in the eye, yeah. After six months or maybe a year when it's all over of not having that, in fact, saying don't do that, what do you think it's going to be like? I think a lot of people are going to be more cautious. You know, you could pick up a common code from somebody. I mean, it. we transmit. We just do. But this has really knocked us to our core of precautions that we maybe should have taken all along, especially, you know, I'm not, don't you come in here, I'll tell my attorneys, don't you come in here with the flu, you know, I know you, I don't want, and you're not going to spread it around in here, we can't afford to be down, that type thing. And um, it's it's difficult, and I think we need that as people. I think we need that connection, either by a handshake, a hug, or just the look. You know, and and the compassion that we can give each other, even with our words. Now, and for them to grow up into a business world, that handshake, good firm handshake, look in the eye, uh, or in sales, any of those things, that was so important. I think I mean, it's and, cornerstone and, to show your character of how you present yourself. And we teach our children when we have classes when they are detained, and that's one of the things we teach them is interviewing and job seeking and resumes and and that type thing. And that's one of the things that we teach them. Well, you had what we the, the great shake. Is that what the class is uh, at, with the county schools? Make, yes, yes. Uh, which is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I watched one of those one time and just couldn't believe how great it was. But that's that's changing. I mean. <laughs> they don't say the great fist bump or elbow knock. <laughs> oh, they say that strong handshake yeah. or that or that bear hug, you know. So it is. It's, it's changing how we do things, and I hope we don't still lose our compassion for each other, though we can't exhibit it physically. Uh, I'm hoping that some, we can still maintain, that we can still let people know how much we care. That's probably the important thing, how much we care. And and I can see every time you've been on, I could feel how much you care uh, in, in seeing these youngsters. I just can't imagine the feeling of getting to know somebody who's committed murder and, 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 and what that's going to do to their life in the future. I mean, it, it, it's devastating. It's devastating to so many people, but it's the law and. I have to uphold the law. I've got to follow the law. And it is. We, we had one just this week. And um, I said to him, and I, I know everybody rolls their eyes when I start talking in court to one of the youth. Because I start to say, let me tell you what's going to happen. And you need to know I'm not out of your life. You know, if I put them in state custody and they're at a facility, anytime you get a pass, it's going to come to me. And you guarantee I'm going to read every word. I want to make sure that. DC, if we put them in DCS custody, they're making sure they take care of you and they get you your education and, and your counseling, whatever you need. And then, or if I release them and on house arrest, I will say, "Let me tell you something." And I'm I'm not kind. When I stop talking to you, I'm done with you, because I still want to somehow. And some some of them they don't care, but some I might can reach by knowing that I care that when you leave here. You don't go backward. You go forward. You don't have to let the past define your future. And we've got people around here right now 
that are going to help you do that. And I think I need to be the captain of that ship to let children know. Everybody's got a responsibility to take care of you, including me, if you're in any kind of order or any environment that the court places you in. And and I and I do. And if they come back and come back, I just I don't talk because there's nothing more I can do. Do you see in some of those youngsters who come before you a sharp individual who has the opportunity for a bright future, but they blew it, but you still have hopes for them, and and you see that, like this young man who got his GED, not GED. He got his diploma. He got his diploma, Mm -hmm. got the real thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, He could go on to college. He could. Do you see people like that succeed, and what does that make you do? Oh, I've had so many reach out to me. You know, and they usually do it by Facebook message. I'm so proud of them that they have not let that incident define their future. They can put it behind them and move on because they are young and dumb. And you can, but you've got you got to turn it around. You've got to find it. That youth has to find it inside themselves. You've, and we, our job as judges and anybody that touches and concerns the court, we got to help them reach down deep and find those hidden talents and assets that they've never been told they have and help them know, hey, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader, but I'm also going to be the biggest mm, down on you if if you don't do what we say, you know. So it it is. It's a mixed bag. I can be happy with one and not very happy with, with the next one that comes in front of me. Now, on the other side of that fence is the parents who sometimes are trying to be the best friend or just – trying to be totally out of their life. Maybe they're on drugs and alcohol, and they just are not being a parent, period. Do you feel like reaching over and shaking them sometimes? And and what do you do to get through to them? Well, there is the question. Well, it's usually one parent. Where did you think your child was at 3 in the morning? Well, I don't know. There again, you need to know who they're associating with, where they're going. And, and yeah, it's a pain, and it's hard to parent and be on them and check behind them. Um, and then we, I try to encourage them. I'm as hard on them and then happy with them as well when they see the light. Plus, we're going to give them help. We're there not just to help the child, but the entire family and give them the help they need to whatever because there's always some underlying issue either going on with the parent or with the child, or with both. And we've got to peel back and always say those layers. And let's just see why. What's the real reason? Mom, why are you? Dad, why are you? Youth, why are you? And let's let's get to the bottom of it. And let's help you get to the bottom of it and push forward. Now, you said something a moment ago about how things are different out there. The temptations are more dangerous. The social media can create monstrous end results, drugs, alcohol, all of those things. And then you put them behind the wheel, and it's it's a catastrophe waiting to happen. It is, yeah. And these are, these are things that, depending on your age, uh, a lot of the parents and grandparents can't relate to that. But we're talking about life and death in some of these situations. The, so... It's it's a very serious thing, and it's difficult, I would imagine, to make a sudden change of suddenly being 
on top of everything and watching everything their child is doing. Uh, but can you do it? Can, have you seen it successful? I have, but they, the parents are crying out for help, too. And they are doing the best they can. Or they're doing excellent. And we had that free will. And so, again, we just need to find out if you've got all this plus, you've got an intact family. You've got all this plus, and you're, the youth is still doing something so terrible. Why? So we, we, we just, and that's our job. It's not just to have one come up and go, okay, go away. Good luck with you. That, that's not our job. Our job is to dig deep and try to stop that bad behavior. Because when they're 18, and I've told several the past month or so, I do not want to see your face on the TBI Most Wanted or the front page of News Journal or WGNS like I just did last week with somebody that was in here a few years ago. Or in here like, I don't want that for you. And sometimes they listen, sometimes they tune me out. So there are some things for you to think about. And we're going to pause and check on the weather when we come back. If you have a thought you'd like to share dealing with some of these issues that Judge Donna Scott Davenport has shared with us this morning, we'd love to hear from you, mainly because, well, first of all, you need an answer. And secondly, maybe your question That question that's eating at you right now, maybe somebody else listening, it can change the life in a good way for them. Call us or text us, 615-893-1450. Get the latest local real estate information, lawn and garden tips, and more Saturdays at noon on the Rutherford Home Show with Dean Higley and Dave Grover here on WGNS. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Come by our store, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're a full-line music instrument store with well over 5,000 square feet packed with great instruments in every category. In guitars, we're your local dealer for the two top acoustic guitar brands in the world, Martin and Taylor. We've got the best selection and prices anywhere in the state of Tennessee on these. This is Dave Kivanemi at Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with partial sunshine developing a high of 90 degrees and north winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 73. COVID-19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. We want to help you and our staff stay healthy and safe. I'm Shelly Rigsby manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry. And that's why we're here encouraging the use of digital products in our drive-up windows. Call First National Bank of Murfreesboro first. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard. Member FDIC. We understand these uncertain times just bring a lot of anxiety. But you know, here at WGNS, we're in the business of spreading hope. News Radio WGNS. Your good neighbor station. 
Welcome back. Judge Donna Scott Davenport with us from the Rutherford County Juvenile Court System. And she's here to help you out this morning. She's already helped many of you with some words of encouragement. And uh, that's what we sometimes need. We need a pat on the back instead of a kick in the stomach. Absolutely. (laughs) And our children do need that encouragement, even when they've messed up so bad. And is it the parents' place? Who should give them that encouragement? I think anybody that encounters a child should give them encouragement. You know, I think it starts in the home and that you need to uh, let the child know that they've got worth and uh, there's hope. And a lot of times I I don't see that in some of our children. Uh, I don't have any activity even in their eyes as to even see that they even think they can make it through the next day. Why, you know, why do it? It, Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares what I do. And um, that's why the team in juvenile court, everybody has such a deep compassion for helping the child that that's that's what we're there for. That's what we're mandated by law to do is to first always try to heal that child and that family. Could we give our listeners uh, a number to the YSOs? Uh, They'll probably shoot me later. I wouldn't call them this morning because they're probably out front of the building. We've got about 75 cases this morning, so they're social distancing everybody and getting those temperatures taken, and then they'll be gradually having some come in and they'll rotate my courtroom to the lobby, and then the other two magistrates are having court as well. But um, it's, of course, 615-898. Seven eight five zero eight nine eight seven eight five zero, and you uh, can put the blame on me. Just say you heard this morning uh, talking that they might could help you, and put it on me that I told you to call, and they'll hook you up with somebody. Court is all day today with them on the delinquent docket, so it probably would be tomorrow before somebody could call you back, uh, but they will. They will call you back. They will discuss with you. They are a wealth of information on avenues for you to take. And they may be able to answer insurance questions. I don't know what my insurance would pay uh, and help you even uh, give you connections of where to go to get some services. Now, if you missed that number, you can check our website under podcast. And then look, this program is called The Action Line. And look for the one with Judge Donna Scott Davenport. And we will have that phone number on there, plus the entire show. You can listen to it again, and uh, it'll have Judge Davenport's picture on it, too. So you can say, that's what she looks like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Could we put the one from, like, 20 years ago? Could we do that? <laughs> no, that's the only ones we put on there. Let me ask you this. You, you hear through life, fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that fit? Now, we were talking a minute ago about giving encouragement to your child. Do they sometimes see you faking it? And, 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 and should should people try to find something to encourage, uh, you know, even if you stretch it a bit? Well, I, th- I think a child just needs to be encouraged. You know, hey, you look you look good today. I like that top. like those kicks. You know, hey, do, you know, and I'll say, because I've been told, do you feel me, Judge? So uh, I'll butt my chest and go, do you feel me, child? Uh, we, we're in this together. And I just think that you do, just to smile, just to smile to a child, uh, to let them know that it's not all doom and gloom out there, that they have got an opportunity in their life. You know, sometimes things happen that just happen at the right time. And I think that this text that just uh-huh. came in, might be one of those. I went before Judge Davenport 
18 years ago to fight for custody rights for my son. She was fair to everyone and acknowledged that a father plays an integral part in a child's life. My son just graduated from high school, and I was able to be a part of his life the entire time. Please tell her thank you. I'm smiling ear to ear. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I need encouragement too. Um, and 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 it, I will that and maybe tomorrow something will get me down and somebody will reach out to me and give me a positive, and I get graduation pictures and cards after they turn eighteen and and I appreciate that very much because uh, it's it's a wild. It's not just the children breaking the law, but it is the grandparents that are trying to get custody and raise their ch- grandchildren or the parents fighting against each other. And we just want the children to be healthy in a healthy environment and, and be loved. We have about a minute left in our broadcast this morning, and I have a feeling there are some parents out there who are facing some some mountains that they need to climb. What encouragement would you have for them? Well, reach out to the to our YSOs, for one, and, and they'll chat with you. Um, just know, here's one thing I always say, you brought a child into the world and you honored that child by giving that child a name. Lift that name up every day. And that's where you're going to get a lot of your strength. And I used to, I've been here, what, maybe 10 or 11 years in October, and I would always end, let's go hug a child today. Well, we can't really do that. So at least let's give love somehow to a child today and let them know that they've got hope and that, and that they've got worth in their life. Very good. Let me give you that phone number again for the YSOs. If you can call them, uh, just wait a little bit later in the day. 615-898-7850. 615-898-7850. There you see why Judge Donna Scott Davenport is with us each month because she's here to help you. Judge Davenport, thank you so very thank much. Thank you, Bart. Thank you, listeners. Stay with us. We mentioned Truman has a very special show today. He's going back in time. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. Stay with us. <laughs> 